so glad that you're here today, part of our series, DIY. We're in the third week, and uh, last week we talked about how God, there are just things in our life that God wants us to take ownership of, right? That we need to take action on, that in the Christian life and in life in general, you know, life sometimes feels like this ongoing DIY project. And some of you, you know, you get to those places, like we said last week, you feel like you're in the valley because your life just feels like an unfinished project, right? Like the, the room you started painting that you never fully picked out the color for, right? And sometimes life is that way. And so we're in this series, we're in this uh, the week three, and it's been an awesome series so far. I want to tell you, the rest of the summer is going to be amazing. We have another series we're doing in July that I'm very excited about. But today we're going to be talking about uh, the things that God wants us as men to take ownership in. So I just want to say this as a confession. Um, being a dad is sometimes very challenging. Like some men make it look really easy, and I'm probably the dad that makes it look really hard. So this morning I got up and, and was having a great time, and, and I looked, and my son, he gave me my Father's Day card, and I went and I opened it, and my son can pick out the best card in the world. Like my son picks out like the, the most sweetest, sappiest. He's got such a tender heart and, and I'm reading this card and it's just getting better. And I know I'm about to get to that moment in the card where I'm just going to well up and cry. And all of a sudden I get to the end of the card and it says, you're awesome son, Kyle. (laughs) And Tracy's walking right behind me at that point. And she looks at me and she said, how did he sign your card? I said, he signed it, my awesome son, Kyle. (laughs) And she said, that's cool. On Mother's Day, he signed it, your incredible son, Kyle. So I just want you to know, man, my son is incredible and awesome. And I'm just so thankful to be a dad. I've spent most of my waking years. I have a son, he's 19. He's going to turn 20 in October. But I spent most of my waking years as a dad trying to convince my son that I can do everything. I mean, really. As dads, we spend most of our life trying to convince our kids that there is nothing that we cannot do, right? Come on, men. Let's be honest. We don't want our kids to think that the reason that we went 30 miles out of the way on vacation is because we're lost, right? I mean, hey, listen, kids. It was God's will that we stopped by this rattlesnake farm 30 miles outside of the city, right? We could have been there 30 minutes earlier, but no, your dad, he loves you so deeply. He wanted to get you off this track. And, and as men, what we do is when we don't know how to do it right, we go to YouTube. I know I do. I mean, YouTube has helped me out. I, I want to kiss the guy who started YouTube because here's the thing, okay? There's a lot of things as a dad I don't know how to do, but I've convinced my son I know how to do them. And so I go watch how to do them on YouTube. And then I go show him, hey, hey, Kyle, come out here. And we go fix something. He goes, wow, dad, how did you know how to do that? And I'm like, I just, I'm just your dad. I'm just good, man. I'm just good. You tell your friends how good your dad is, okay? I mean, dads are like that, right? We want to be kind of superhero-esque in front of our kids. And it's not always a bad thing that we're that way, but what happens is sometimes we mess those projects up. Sometimes we get in the middle of a DIY project and we don't know how to fix it. So today in our series on do-it-yourself, we're going to talk specifically to men, but ladies, I want you to hear what we're going to talk about today because it's very important. So I want to start today to all the men in the room with two questions. If you have a pen, write it down. The first one is this. Who is building your house? You go, well, Sean, we have a very fine house. 
If it was about by so-and-so builder, we picked out the cabinets, we put the floors in. No, I want to ask the question, who is building your house? The second question, where are you aiming? Where are you aiming as a dad? See, I don't know about you, but being a dad is a lot like being the White House chief of staff. I was watching this show not too long ago about all these former White House chiefs of staff, and they were talking about the difficult times that they fell in when when a president would go through a really hard time, and it seemed like the White House chief of staff was the one who was always on the chopping block. And so as a man, as a father, as a dad, some of you in this room, you feel like I feel, sometimes I feel like a White House chief of staff. And here's why. Because the White House chief of staff, whether you realize it or not, he's the person that always gets lots of questions, has little answers, and gets a lot of the blame. (laughs) I love being a dad, right? We don't know a whole lot as men. And the truth is, when we try to act as if we have it all together, sometimes we feel like we're a failure, even as a dad. And being a dad can be like, the White House Chief of Staff. There's a lot of questions, there's very few answers, and everyone wants to blame you for everything. You know, I started thinking about this with moms, because moms are very different than dads. You ever think about what moms want different than dads? Moms pray for protection. All the time, they pray for their kids. Lord, please protect my child. Please protect her. Please protect him. Dads, we don't pray for protection. Here's what we do. We pray for peace. We just want peace in our house, right? If our kids would not fight or kill each other, that would be an awesome day in most of our homes. We're like, oh, I I don't pray for their protection. I just pray that nobody dies today as a dad. Now, I don't know about you. I love, uh, I love, I love movies that have to do with history, but I also love military movies. And, and every now and then on a Sunday afternoon, this movie will come on and I will watch it from the beginning to the end. And, and every time I watch it, I go, you know, that movie's a lot like being a dad. Y'all ever seen this movie, We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson? Okay. That to me is a lot like being a dad because you, you, you kind of know that you're, you're in for something. And Mel Gibson, he, he's, he's getting his troops ready. And he looks at them and he said, guys, listen, I cannot promise you anything, but I promise you this. I will be the first person on the battlefield. And I will be the last person to leave the battlefield. And as a man, you know, you're watching that going, oh, that's awesome. And then you see this picture of him standing in front of all of his soldiers in the stadium. And as he's talking to him, he says this, I do not know if you will come back, but I can tell you this, you will come back. Dead or alive. And I thought, that's just like being a dad. Like, right? Like, your goal is, you, when you get home, you want to know that there are bodies breathing in beds under your roof. That nobody died today. And as a father, what you really realize is you feel more like a battlefield commander. Like, all this chaos is breaking off in your home, and you're waiting for the moment where you get to yell, Apache! And somebody comes in with the napalm. I've been there. I've been there. But I want to tell you this. As dads, we have this incredible opportunity. You know, I I thought about it this. I I was thinking the other day, moms, they have a lot of words for their children's dads. They don't have a lot of words. They have signals. Have you ever noticed this? I mean, moms are like, they'll talk something to death and, and dads are like, they'll give you signals. They'll be like, you know, and you know, when dad gives you that signal, like it's about to be over. And dads, we're good at those signals. 
And the one thought you have is, man, I hope I get all these kids home because if not, she's going to kill me. <laughs> it's great to be a dad. Do you know what's funny in all of this? As dads, even though it's stressful, there's so much joy in it. There's so much awesomeness in it. God has a lot to tell us about how we can find our true purpose and significance in being a dad. In fact, the Word of God has something very strong to tell us. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 127 today. We're going to be in the book of Psalms 127. This is a song or this is a Psalm of Solomon. If you don't know who Solomon was, let me tell you real quick. He was known as one of the wisest men to ever live. Now, the next part really confuses me, but, but Solomon had 700 wives. <laughs> I heard some groaning. Oh. He had 500 concubines. Okay. I was thinking about this the other day. Why was he so wise? Was he wise because he had 700 wives and they didn't let him get away with any foolishness? Or was he wise because he was truly wise? All I know is this. If Solomon were alive today and TLC could get a hold of him, he'd have his own reality show. I mean, that sells right there, right? That's pure entertainment. Solomon and his 700 wives. But the truth is, when he wrote this psalm, when he wrote this song, he has some very wise wisdom for us as men and as dads that we need to listen to. Some things that we need to get a hold of. And so I want to say to you today, as you turn over there, listen to what he says. Psalms 127, beginning with verse 1. He says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand, watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Now, when I read this, I thought, man, here's the thing you need to know about me. Every time God has me preach a passage of scripture, I feel like I have to live it before I can ever talk about it. So I was reading this scripture this week and it says, okay, unless the Lord builds a house and then he talks about all this labor and all this pain and he talks about sleeplessness. And I said, dude, that is my world, okay? I woke up at 3.30 a.m. this morning for no reason. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I do the spiritual thing like, God, you want me to get up and pray? And sometimes the Lord goes, no, I'm trying to sleep too, buddy, okay? And so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm up and I'm like, what's going on? And so I go back to bed and finally at 5 a.m., my body just kind of slam, just wakes up and I, I say, okay, so I go down and I start thinking and praying and studying and stuff. And so I get on my bike at 6 a.m. this morning and I start cycling. <laughs> I'm cycling. Some of you are past me going, hey, isn't that Pastor Sean? And, and here's the deal, I kind of get this passage, he says, as a man, as a father, there's seasons of those lives where that you just kind of go through sleeplessness. Because as a dad and as a father, you realize all the responsibility that's put on your life. In fact, in the first three verses, you know what he tells us as dads? He tells us three things. Number one, every dad has a house to build. Every dad has a city to lead. And every dad has kids to raise. Women, if you want to know what's going on in the mind of the man that you're sitting next to who fathered your children, that's it. That's about as simple as it gets for us. I've got a house to build, a city to lead, and these kids to raise. And that consumes our lives as men. And the psalmist says, hey, listen, all this stuff, all this responsibility you have, 
He gives us this little piece of wisdom. He says, unless the Lord builds that house, you do it in vain. What he's saying is everything we do without God in our life as dads is vain. Doesn't matter how big it is, how awesome it is, all the little things that we do. Listen, as great as it is to be a dad, he says, everything we do without God is vain. I mean, he kind of cuts to the chase because Lord knows if this would have been like 20 verses, if it, we knew it would have been written by a woman, right? But we know it was written by a man because it's only five verses. And he looks at us and he says, everything you do that doesn't include God is vain. Your job's important, your influence, it's good. You can have a great career. You can be on a good path. You can have money, you can have a 401k, L, M, N, and G, and whatever, all that stuff you want. But the truth is, without God, it really means nothing. And Solomon gives us those words. And in verse 2, he says, In vain you rise up early, and you stay up late, and you're toiling for food to eat. Sometimes as a dad, you just get restless. You ever been there, dads? You don't know what the next move for your family is. You don't know what's going to happen in your kids' lives. You're, you're hoping to kind of navigate through the moments of, uh-oh, I don't know what's next. And Solomon says, I get that. Because what we do is we rise up early and we stay up late and we're toiling for things. We got to make sure they're the right things. Because the truth is, every dad in this room wears this weight of great responsibility for those under his care. And then he tells us something in verse three, and this is where we're gonna land today. He says, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Here's what Solomon says to you and I. That we need to realize the significance of being a dad. Number one, you are richer than you think. So to what he says in verse three, he says, children are a heritage from the Lord. You see, kids in these days were not seen as a liability or a hassle. In fact, you were seen rich by how many children were in your household. If you couldn't have children, you were seen as very poor in this day and age. And so Solomon understood what it meant when he said, hey, listen, children are a heritage from the Lord and a reward from God. The cool thing is, Many times we say, man, these kids, man, I got all this liability. I got all this hassle. And God says, no, 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 you don't understand. You've got heritage. Isn't it funny? I mean, the word heritage means inheritance. You already have your inheritance. Some of you are like, no, I keep putting this money back in this account. And one day I'm going to quit my job and we're going to start taking money. No, 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 listen. If you have kids and you are a dad, God says, I have given you an inheritance. You are richer than you think. And then he says, they're a reward. What does that word reward mean? It means God is literally paying you wages. But what do we do many times in our society? We see kids as a hassle or a liability. 
Solomon said, no, 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 you need to get this right. You are richer than you think. Some of us walk around going, I I don't have much for my life. Listen, if you've got kids and you're a dad, God's given you the opportunity. Do you realize how rich you really are? You say, well, we could only have one or we could only have five or we could only have two. Listen, I understand all that, but I want to tell you, whatever God gave you, it's proof of the fact that he has given you an inheritance. And when you look across that table, when you're sitting at that restaurant and your kids are doing this and freaking out, just look at your wife and say, baby, we are rich. We are filthy rich. (laughs) They're an inheritance. He says, you're richer than you think. You know what else he says in this passage? He says, you're more powerful than you know. Because he says this statement in verse 4. He said, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. The first time I read this, for me, it was like that Braveheart moment. Now we're going to get good because we're going to talk about hunting. <laughs> Some of you, he's going to talk about hunting today. <laughs> Honey, did you hear that? He talked about the bow and arrow. I should go buy him a new one because it's Father's Day. Okay, listen. He talks about it here, and here's what he says. He says, you are more powerful than you know as a dad. Why? Because he says, you are like a warrior, and God has put these arrows, these kids in your hands. And have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about the incredible impact that a warrior can have? Whether you know it or not, a warrior, a skilled warrior, can literally take out a city. Ninja-like. A warrior stands and considers the battlefield and he looks and he says, I got five arrows. I got five good shots. I better make sure that I pull this bow back right and I make sure that that thing is aimed in the right place because when I let go, I'm going for the kill shot. Do you realize as men you have that type of influence? Do you realize the incredible responsibility that God has placed in your hands to pull back the bow of faith and to, with truth, send out that arrow and see it change the world? This week, our hearts got broken. As we watched a young man go into a church and massacre people. They said he sat there for an entire hour before he started shooting. Where was his dad? I want to show you a visual real quick. I want everyone in the center aisle of this church to just stand up right now. I mean, in these two center sections. Just stand up. Just in the two center sections. Okay? Because we forget as men how powerful we really are in the influence we have, in the arrows, in the the way that God has said you can be a difference maker. You say, what does this represent? According to the seating in this room, this right here represents one-third of the seating in this room. Do you realize that one out of three children in America will grow up in a home without a father? Where was Dylan's dad? 
You know, we saw the riots and we saw a mom and we, 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 we clapped like, yeah, girl, you go. You go up there and tell that boy he shouldn't ride. But listen, where was his dad? Men, you are more powerful than you know. God says you're like a warrior. You're not a wimp. You're not what the Bravo Network tells you you are. You are who God says you are, and he says you are a warrior, and you're holding these arrows in your hands, and they're your kids. Pull back the bow. You can be seated. Man. One out of three kids in America will grow up without a dad in their home. And I want to say this, man. I, I, listen, I'm all for adoption. I want you to understand that I believe adoption is one of the ways that we can change the world through the gospel. And I get that. But I want to challenge you today as a church. I was a student pastor for 20 years. And I watched teenager after teenager grow up in homes without dads. Maybe we need to start adopting the kids in our community and start living out the orphan gospel that way. Because there are kids in our high schools, in our middle schools, in our elementaries that are waiting for you and I to come say, listen, why don't you jump in my quiver? I'll adopt you. I'll be your dad. I will be your dad. That's why I love our student pastors. I love Cameron. I love Chris. I love anyone who works with our next-gen ministry. You know why? Because they're saying, if a dad never intercepts this kid's life, I will. Don't you want to be a church that intercepts young lives? Listen, you can blame it on race. You can blame it on gun control. It's a humanity problem. You say, oh my gosh, he's on a soapbox. Yes, I am. Because as I prayed this morning, the Lord said, Sean, you've got to stand up there and help those dads understand you are more powerful than you know. You are a warrior like a skilled sniper. And the world is crusting away. The world is falling apart. And he says, I want you to stand up there and help them understand they have the opportunity with the bow that I've given them and these arrows of their kids to literally send that arrow in a way that can change this world. Dads, you're more powerful than you know. Like a warrior with a bunch of arrows in your hand. Do you realize how powerful you are? You say, well, I've never had a dad. Sean, I've, I've, I, don't, I don't know what that, my dad wasn't that way. Listen, your heavenly father is. And the Bible says he's the father to the fatherless. God wants to turn our world upside down. You're not a wimp, you're a warrior. Men, you're a warrior. You're a battlefield commander. God's put you in the field to send the arrows They'll change the world. You're richer than you think. You're more powerful than you know. And you have something significant to share with the world. As dads, it says in verse 5, I love this verse. He says, they will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. See, back in these days, when they did business, they would come to the city gate, and you would bring whatever you had to barter or sell or trade or whatever good or service or influence you had, but you brought the very best 
of what you had to that gate because the only leverage you had in that society was to show up with what you thought had the most influence. And I like how Solomon says it. He said, a dad who gets this, he doesn't show up at the gate with five amazing goats. He doesn't show up with all these baskets that he's weaved, or he doesn't show up with all this fruit that he's grown. He shows up with his kids. And he's going to contend with his opponent at the gate. Almost like, hey, you want a piece of me? You take me and my kids. <laughs> See, this whole idea about DIY, the things that God wants us to do as dad, God wants us to realize the most significant thing we have to share with this world is the fact that when we come and contend with this world, we bring our kids with us. And he says, hey, dads, you have something significant to share with the world. He says he comes to the gate, and I, I almost get this picture of this dad looking around, and maybe he's got four kids, three kids, and everyone else has like got goats and chickens and fruit, and like, here comes Johnny. He's got his four rugrats, and Johnny's like, I'm going to change the world. He says they will not be put to shame. Hey, Dad. What do you bring into the gate to contend with? Your job? Your house? Your boat? Your 401k? Your business? Solomon said, of all the wise things I could tell you is that when your kids are very important to you and you bring them to the gate to contend with you, you won't be put to shame. You won't be put to shame. You know, dads, they love to show things off. Don't act like you don't. That's why you have dead animals stuffed in your house. Right? Some of you have got a bass from 1985 that's collected like three inches of dust. And if your wife touches it, you freak out. Like, don't touch the bass. He's dead on a piece of wood hanging on your wall. I know, but he's beautiful. I get it, man. If I killed something that cool, I'd want to mount it too. But I want to tell you something. He says, this type of dad, he didn't have to kill an animal and put a carcass on a wall. He brings his kids to the gate and says, you can come against me if you want, but really what matters to me is these kids. So what you say about me, it don't matter. You're richer than you think. You're more powerful than you know. And you have something very significant that's waiting to be shared at the gate of this world. You see, I kind of look at it this way. When we we get this as dads, we're going to have a greater impact on the world around us when we realize ultimately what God's placed in our hands. Men, I want you to hold your hands up like this. Would you do this? All the men, just hold your hands. And as you hold your hands like this, I want you to think of your kids. I want you to look in the palm of your hands, and I want you to think of the names of every one of your kids. 
Do you realize how much of an impact the world would see if we as dads saw what God has placed in our hands? It's time for us to pull back the bow in faith, guide the arrow with truth, and go for the kill shot. The world's waiting. The world's waiting for the next president to come out of your bow. The world's waiting for the next doctor to come out of your bow. The world's waiting for the next Billy Graham to come out of your bow. Shame on us, men, if we don't pull it back. Would you pray with me? I started this message with two questions, and with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to ask those same two questions. Who's building your house, and where are you aiming? Who's building your house? Are you letting God build it? Or are you trying to, because as men, we have a lot of strength. I mean, our struggle as men sometimes is that we're strong. And so we want to do it ourselves, right? We, we're in this DIY series. We, we've got it all figured out. We got YouTube and, and we've got all these things and we've got instructions and we got how we saw someone else do it. And God says, listen, unless the Lord builds your house, you build it in vain. Who is building your house? Who's building your house spiritually, men? Is it the world? Or is it Jesus Christ? Where are you aiming? You say, well, Sean, I I, want to aim, but I'm scared. What if my kids don't like me? Listen, every child is looking for a dad to step into their life and say, listen, I believe in you enough to point you in the right direction and pull back as far as I can pull back and shoot you, as hard as I can shoot you, so that you will become all that God wants you to become. Dads, where are you aiming? You say, well, I don't have an aim. You need to get an aim. You need to shoot in the right direction. Quit shooting at things that don't exist. Shoot at things that are eternal. Because when you do, the world will have a greater impact on it because we realize what God has placed in our hands. You know the good news today? If God's not your builder, he can be. You say, Sean, no one's ever taught me how to be a dad. You know what? The truth is, I think when all of us left the the hospital with our children, nobody gave us an instruction manual. But I want to tell you that today, here's where it starts for you. It doesn't start with you trying to figure out how to make your kid a better arrow. It starts with you letting God build your house as a dad. I've prayed all week long. In fact, I've prayed for this message for over a month that there would be dads who for the very first time would make a critical decision in their life. And here's the decision. I don't want to just take my family to church anymore because I want my kids to have good moral training. I want to be changed by Jesus Christ and letting Jesus change me, I can see my kids changed. Can you imagine what would happen tonight when you're sitting around the table having your Father's Day meal and you look at your children and say, children, I want to tell you something today about your dad. Today, for the very first time, your dad surrendered his life to Jesus and you've got a new dad. I want you to know if you're a dad here today and you're struggling with that decision, I've prayed for you for a long time. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you say, I've never made that decision, Sean, I've never made that decision. 
but I want to know God that way. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you at this very moment say this prayer with me? Just something simple like this. Just say, God, thank you for bringing me to this place today. And thank you for loving me by sending Jesus to die for my sin. Today, I surrender my life to you, God. Jesus, I invite you to come into my life to forgive my sin, to be my Savior and my Lord. Today, I am following you. Jesus, save me. I need you. Listen, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not even going to ask you to move today. Here's what I want you to do, men. Men, if today for the very first time you prayed that prayer with me and you absolutely meant it, you're not ashamed by it, I just want you to connect with my eyes. Just lift your head up and look straight at me. I just want to know that you did it. I just want to know. You say, why does it matter if you know? Listen, I want to rejoice with you. I want to tell you that that's what has defined my life. Like, that's where my significance as a dad began. The only reason I can even attempt to try to be a good dad is because of Jesus in me. So, dads, if that's you today, I want you to look right at me, all over this room. Look straight at me. Just make focused gaze with me today. I want to tell you today, that's the greatest decision that will ever, forever change your life. I want to challenge you to tell somebody about your decision. Men, let's let God build our house and let's make sure that our aim is right because we are warriors and what God has placed in our hand could change a whole city. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you today. Lord, I counted six men at least in this service who looked straight at me and said, for the first time, Sean, I want Jesus. God, would you set their hearts on fire? I pray that they'll tell their spouse, their child, their grandchild, their cousin, somebody. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us as dads to realize the incredible gift that you've placed in our hands, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.